It's always so weird to get started. Yeah, we're so good at this introduction part, this this beginning part. Okay, so I was pretty hesitant for this topic. Oh, yes. Because I don't know a lot about cults. I have heard about the bite model. Yes. I know some descriptions of cults or whatever, but I'm excited to learn from you because you've deep dived and researched and really found out some stuff about this. So I'm excited to hear what you've learned. I tend to deep dive. Yes, you do. And I tend to not. That's where we're so opposite. I'm like, yeah. Skipping away and you're like nose in a book. Yeah. Looking on the internet. I have to know all the things. You want to know all the things and that's great. Someone should know all the things, but it's not me. (laughs) And then I can relay it to you. Right. In in a shorter version. Right. I need the Reader's Digest version. Yes. You don't have to read all the books. Tiny. Yeah, I don't. Give me the good stuff. It's like Give me the best stuff. It's so fascinating to me. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I just like, I can just, yeah. Well, looking from the outside now. Mm Mm-hmm. After being raised in the church, you can recognize all of the manipulation, yes, the mind control, <clears throat> behavioral control, all of the yeah, all of that controlling stuff that a lot of cults have. Well, all cults yeah. have, yeah. But I also think a lot of religions fall into cultish, cultish behavior. Yeah, yes, and I think that's what we're going to talk about today because I think so. One of the things about the word cult is kind of threatening. It's like, as soon as you use the word cult, somebody's mind has just turned off. They get defensive immediately. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I made that mistake with my sister. I I told her, and she's still totally in the church. I said, there's a reason why people have been telling us we're in a cult all these years. It's because we're in a cult. Mm -hmm. And that literally just shut her down all the way. And she will not ever talk to me about it again. Yeah. So that was a bad idea. Well, <laughs> at the time I was very something. emotional. <laughs> right. Well, you learned something from that. And yeah, I think you told me about that. And so like, I've learned something from that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't say. You can't. You can't. When you're in the church, that you are at the church. So if someone is being critical of the church, they're being critical of you. Of you. Yes. It's very It's personal. hard. Yeah. But also, that's a sign that you're in a cult. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's part of the bite model, right? If you can't differentiate between you and your church, if you can't, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. it's bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I've learned a bunch from Steve Hassan, who is the cult expert mm-hmm. for over 30 years. He was in a cult oh. when he was in, like, college. He got recruited into a cult called wow. the Moonies. Have you ever heard of no. them? I mean, I, I think that's kind of like a slang word, kind of like Mormon. Right. Um, it's a victory for Satan, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think it's called the Unification Church or something like this. Anyways. Oh, I haven't. I it, haven't heard it. Of it still exists today. It is still thriving, well, which is shocking. interesting that he is researching, writing books. He's the expert and was actually in a cult. Well, that's... No. So he... He was, he got recruited into a cult. It completely, it was super toxic, too, yeah. super destructive, like levels way above where the church is. Yeah. And we'll talk about that some more. But, and his family was very worried about him. He completely, he quit school. He quit his job. He, he, he threw away all of his poetry. He was a writer and a poet. He threw it all away. He like completely yeah. changed his entire like trajectory in life and moved in with the, the cult leaders and stuff, all this stuff. 
and his family had a, had an intervention essentially. Oh, that bad. Yeah, it was bad. So he, he got in a car accident and broke his leg and his family decided this is the time when we can intervene because he can't run away. We've got to rescue him. (laughs) Go get him. He can't move. (laughs) So they literally, yeah, when he was in rehab trying to get back on his feet, they basically had an intervention, like a three-day, like, deep intervention. Mm -hmm. And he realized he was in a cult. So that's what started his journey researching cults, and he wanted to help other people get out of cults. Right. So the the different thing about him and the the only thing that I would say that like when I read his stuff that doesn't resonate with me is he was only in the cult for like two and a half years. And yes, he was deep. He he was in it deep. And you'd be surprised how much mind control can actually happen in that short oh, period I of time. It. Yeah. But some of the stuff he talks about about being able to get out is recognizing your life how it was before the cult. Now that doesn't apply to us. Yeah. Or any of we have, the people we know who were born and raised in we this We have cult. no knowledge. So there's no previous life to go back to. There's no memory of how things were before. Yep. So, so I mean, maybe in some ways you don't see like some drastic change of you, of the person dropping everything they're passionate about and moving and quitting their school and jobs. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see that because it's all so gradual. It's right. from birth most of the time. I mean, yeah, there's converts of the church, but like actually it is surprising how, how strong um, converts beliefs can be like. Right. They well, can get into it really they, deep. Usually they're looking for something mm-hmm. that they think is missing in their life. And when they find the church, they grab on so yeah. tight. Yeah. So, Which is a thing of, the, the, it's a, the church is preying on vulnerable people. Absolutely. Right? Oh, As yes. I'm thinking about it, that's their, that's their target. Mm-hmm. It's people who are lost, lonely, whatever, looking for something. And they're like, here, we'll fill, we'll fill this part for you. Yep. And, and so that's, they grab on. That's a sign of every cult. So the basic model he came up with is called the bite model. And he talks about how cults have these four components, at least in some, on some level. Yes. So some are extreme. Right. Some are not. Yes. Some are very mild. Some have are really extreme in one area and not so much in others. So I'm just going to go over this really briefly, but then I have some other stuff. So it's called the BITE model. B-I-T-E. The B is for behavior control. The I is for information control. The T is for thought control. And the E is for emotion control, emotional control. Okay. And the church really has every single one of these to some degree or another, Mm -hmm. right? And there's, so then he talks about the nine most common themes that are are surrounding cults, okay? And cult membership. And I'm going to go through these and we're going to see, we'll dissect this and see, like, we'll maybe like grade the church and say, okay, do they get, do, do they fall in this category? Gotcha. Okay. The first one is doctrine is reality. There is no room for the doctrine to just be theory or a way to interpret reality. The doctrine is reality. Yeah, we don't question it. You don't question it. The most effective doctrines are those which are unverifiable and not able to be evaluated. Okay. I'm not making this up. This This is in his book that he wrote over 30 years ago. When I read, this is why I'm dying every time I read. 
Okay, this book. It's just like somebody wrote it just about Mormonism, but they didn't. Okay, this is this blows my mind. Okay. Sometimes the doctrines are so convoluted that it would take years to untangle them. Doctrine is to be accepted, not always understood. Cult doctrine always requires that a person distrust their authentic feelings. Since it is a perfect truth and is perfect and absolute, any flaw in it is viewed as an imperfection of the believer. Right. Doubt your doubts. Yep. If you don't understand the doctrine, <laughs> you need to work harder, study more, pray to understand the truth more clearly. Oh my god! I'm not making this up. That is word for word out of the book. That is crazy. Right? Okay. We're just on the first one. That's the first one. Well, Number and that's two. complete. Oh, go ahead. Like, well, it's as I'm listening to you say that. Yeah. Like, it's what we hear at general conference two mm-hmm. times a year. And we read in the ensign and we're learning in our lessons it's when we go to church it's mm-hmm. the what the prophets say is absolute mm-hmm. you don't they won't make a mistake they don't make a mistake yep and that's what you're here to follow it right. doesn't matter really what you think right and you should distrust your feelings right if they contradict what the prophet says. and i did did many 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 times all the time yes we gave away all of our power and we didn't trust our own like intuition with our- the lgbtq my aunt who is the best person I know, gay, and I grew up thinking, is that really right? That we're not supposed to, they're not going to, like, they're doing something wrong. They're, they're, this is their trial. Is that really right? Yeah. I was, and I kept putting myself in my place. Like, this is not for you to judge. Yes. The, the prophet said, so it must be. Right. Oh and a gosh. million other things. Yeah. I actually said almost that exact same thing when the November 15 policy came out. That did not feel right. Like, not even close. No. Right? It was bad. And I couldn't understand it. I couldn't make sense of it. And what I said to myself was, there must be something I don't know. I don't know. know. Yes. Because I'm totally imperfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't have any, like, expertise in Mm -hmm. Mormon doctrine or what God wants. I I mean, I can, I the best I can do is listen to the prophet. Listen to my leaders, right? And follow them because Mm -hmm. they will not lead me astray. (laughs) So it must be something I don't know. I don't understand yet. Mm -hmm. It'll all work out in the end. That was what my famous thought was. Yep. Okay, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out in the end. I just don't understand everything now. Yep. Yep. And it's always like, oh, just pray harder. Right. You know, read your scriptures more. Go to the temple more fast, you know, whatever. So that you can understand the truth, that right. perfect true doctrine. Maybe someday you will, and maybe someday yes. you won't in this life, but the next life, totally. you're going to get the whole picture. That's that's the way that they get you to stop <laughs> worrying about it. Right. And it worked. Yeah. It worked for me. Yeah. I kept it putting it on too. my shelf. Okay, it's going to resolve itself. Like, I don't have all the information. I must not know. I'm not smart enough. Yes. I, mean, I didn't actually say that, but that's definitely the message. Oh, I felt that, though. Yes. I felt that. They, they are wiser. Yes. They know more than me. Mm-hmm. They speak to God. Yes. What, how, who are we to question They're God's mouthpiece. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Good <gasps> stuff. Okay. Yeah. Number two, reality is black and white, good versus evil. <laughs> so much. They reduce all reality into these two categories. No outside group is valid because that would threaten the group's monopoly on truth. If the doctrine doesn't provide an answer directly then a member must ask a leader. 
if the leader doesn't have an answer, then the info is brushed off as not important or uh, irrelevant, which is what we were just saying. Yes, yes. Devils, in quotes, vary from group to group. Some groups cultivate psychic paranoia, telling members that spirit beings are constantly observing them. Does that sound familiar? Yep. Yes. I... I was always worried about all the all the spirits that are on the earth, family members that have uh, that have died, and they and can are, see us. Yes, that always freaked me out. I'm yes. like, are they watching me when I go to the bathroom? Right. No, seriously. As a kid, if you're they taught see me that, when I'm naked. Yeah, like I was taught that. I was as very a child. stressed out about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very stressed out about that. There is usually taught that the devil can take over your body or your spirit, or a person can be possessed by the devil. Uh, yep. Yeah. Crazy, huh? You don't want to lose the spirit because then the devil can... Yeah. One of my friends, and she's a much older lady. She's older than my mom, but she's a dear friend in my ward. And she's one of the people that I went and spoke to when I left the church. I wanted to tell her one-on-one. And she got real emotional. And she said, that dang Satan, he is just getting everybody. Oh, my God. Because heaven forbid you have a mind of your own, yeah. that you can make any decisions. And, you know, bless her heart, she didn't even realize how offensive that was. Right. And I didn't take offense because I just love her and I know she means the best. You know, she... Satan won another soul. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, Satan is such a big... I mean, that's yeah. such a big thing. So in- she's telling me that Satan overtook me. Right. And that I didn't, I didn't get a choice in this. I didn't do this because I'm... Well, a you, rational thinking person. You were too weak. Yes. You let your guard down. Yeah. And now you're making now terrible decisions. Yes. Yes. That's the message. I do not believe in Satan whatsoever. I don't either. We there haven't is, talked about that. No. I don't either. Yeah. I have no belief in There yeah. is no Satan. That is such bullshit. I don't even really believe in Jesus Christ. I think it's a nice story, like mm-hmm. a fable. But when you really analyze the story, I'm... I just can't buy it. That's my personal opinion. When yeah. I really deconstructed, yeah, I I went I'm to the all the places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great story. Yeah. Do I think looked... he died and came back three days no. later? No. Nope. 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 And in fact, okay, this is going on a little bit of a tangent, but that's what we do. I can't remember if I told you this already this week, but I was listening to this podcast, and I'm going to put a little plug in for this other podcast. It's okay. called Emancipate Your Mind. Right. Okay. I told, did I yes, tell you, you about told this? Me about it. Okay. So it's fantastic. I love her. It's very like if you're into um, psychiatry, psychology, psychology. I don't know what the word is. I'm so dumb. If you're into that kind of stuff about the mind and how it works and your thoughts and your feelings. In fact, I, I'm pretty sure she's a coach. She's a life coach. Yeah. And, and she does all of her work is about deconstructing religion and blah, blah, blah. Right. So she's talking about codependency in this in this one episode that I listened to this week. And she said that the entire concept of Jesus is a codependent absolutely because he takes on all of our sins right he pays for them he dies for them and then we're supposed to follow him because now we and be so grateful and and thankful we can't do it without him we can't do it without him exactly yep that blew my mind Mm -hmm. my mind just went like the entire concept is teaching us to be codependent on another being yeah, for, absolutely, you know, 100%. Our, our salvation or whatever. So what, everything- For our salvation. For our salvation. <laughs> yeah. Is dependent on this one person- Right, who yes. Who supposedly paid for well, all the sins of I used to think, mankind. you know, I, I should be so grateful to Jesus because he bled in Gethsemane out of every poor for every one of my sins. And 
I mean, I mean, can you imagine the guilt that puts on a person? Oh, I yeah. felt very guilty. Like, oh, yeah. I need to try harder. I need Everybody to do better does. because yeah. Jesus died for me. Yep. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> totally. Really? And if you're fed this from birth? From birth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And as far as I can tell in the studying that I've done, there was somebody who, and his name wasn't even Jesus, but there's somebody whose story somewhat aligns with this. He was not born of a virgin mother. Well, he wasn't white. He was not white. <laughs> we made Jesus white. We the LDS Jesus church white. made Jesus white. They absolutely did. And and there's probably other churches that make him white too, I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah, it's just so ridiculous. But yes, there there may have been somebody who lived who was a little bit of a rebel, uh, you know, fighting yes. against the 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 Religious norms of the day. Yes, a do-gooder. Right. And he did good things and helped people. But over time, these stories got embellished and embellished and embellished mm-hmm. to the most 10th degree of ridiculousness. Right. right. And people just kind of accept it. And when you break it all down, it's like, wow, that's pretty crazy. There's yep. no way. Yeah. I mean, I just always was like, well, I, there's just things I don't understand. You know, miracles happen. Miracles happen. But isn't it so interesting <laughs> that miracles don't happen anymore? Right. Those kind see, of miracles. Yeah, they're not happening today. I'm not seeing now, a virgin give right. birth. <laughs> right. And now it's like the, the, the leaders of the church want to make every little tiny thing a miracle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Like... Because they want to convince us that there are still miracles. So they'll tell some story, some ridiculous story about how they found this article in the newspaper that told them exactly what they needed to know that day. Mm-hmm. And it was a miracle. Miracle. Right? Like, and people grab hold of that. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so. It's real. The fact that you read the newspaper every day doesn't really matter. It was just that day. <laughs> that, that was thing, that, that that was, was what the you day that, that was the, the miracle on that day just the weirdest <laughs> just the weirdest stuff anyways okay so uh, back to uh back to our our list we are on number three okay. we're only on number three okay elitist mentality oh my gosh members are made to feel part of an elite group of humankind they are the most special participating in the most important work in human history This keeps members sacrificing and working hard to get the work done. Cult members are made to feel that they've been chosen by God. They have a great sense of a mission to bring the world out of darkness. Ironically, though, cult members look down on anyone involved in other cult groups. You think? (laughs) This takes me back to seminary. Every year I had a seminary teacher that would tell us as a group, you are the chosen generation. Oh. You are the ones that will bring, bring in, in Jesus Christ for the second coming. And, and I was like, wow, you guys have been saved. You've been saved to these latter days. Yes. And I'll bet you a hundred bucks that that seminary teacher was told the exact same thing when he was in seminary. Right. right? Yeah, I'm Our sure. parents were told the same thing. And our kids have yes. been told the same thing. Right. So which is it? Yeah. Which generation is it? Jesus is never coming. He's not. He's not coming because he's made up. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a made up. Yes. He's an, an embellishment. Mm-hmm. Love the story. Got a picture of him hanging up in my house. Nice. I love the story. I love the idea of Jesus. Yeah. But he's not coming. No, he's not coming. No. So yeah, so that's a big part of it. It's like 
we are the most important, most special Absolutely. of all the people that were ever well, born on the earth. Why are we the most important? What are we yeah. taught? We ha- we're the only ones that have the priesthood. Oh, yeah. We're the only ones that know the truth. We are the only ones that, that know the truth, have the priesthood, can mm-hmm. do can do sealings. Mm-hmm. So your families are sealed together forever. All the temple work is the most important is what we're taught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody else's. Let's let, let's remind ourselves what Elder, nope, Brad Wilcox, not Elder, I don't know what he goes by. Is it Elder? I don't know. Brad Wilcox said recently in a fireside that everyone else is playing church. Right. They're just, it's They're pretending. And how sad for them. Yes, because they don't have the real Well, and I remember feeling sad for, I had oh, yeah. some friends growing up that, members of other churches and I was like oh that's it's sad it's like I felt bad for them mm-hmm. yes totally we feel bad for them and we also look down on them absolutely yes you do yeah. the elite part of that is absolute truth is absolute yes. truth. and um let's see going on from there let's see okay this feeling of having an important mission carries with it a heavy burden of responsibility if we don't fulfill our mission we are failures as moms, our mission is to raise good, obedient cult members, <laughs> church members, sorry, slip of the tongue. Um, and when our kids stray, then we are failures. Absolutely. Regular members are very humble before superiors, but they are arrogant to outsiders because they consider themselves better, wiser, and more powerful than anyone outside the cult. I think when I look at, like, the regular members, I would say from, like, from like the stake president level down, they're all very humble, loving. Yes, for the most part. Um, sincere people. Absolutely. For the most part, Good right? Good people In really general. trying. Yes, they are really trying to do what's right. They feel like they are on a mission. Like yes. they have all these important things to do. So when I when I criticize the church, I'm always like, I, I always feel like I need to put that caveat in there is that like the people in the church are not the problem. Absolutely. It's, 100%. It's the organization. It's But the people at the top, the top it, leadership. That's the problem. And when you see a structure such as the church with one person at the head, and then it looks very pyramidish, right, <laughs> coming down, that's your first sign right. that you're in a cult. It, yes. it really is. Yeah, I believe it. That's how cults run. Everything comes down to one. One person. One, one main man. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel bad for... Bishops, like I remember oh, yeah. hearing stories of there was one bishop who he, he was having so many divorces in his ward, mm. and he went drove to the parking lot of his church and killed himself because he what? felt he felt like he had let his people down. He felt like it was his fault. This was years ago, but it was on the news. And then our husband's uncle was a bishop. Oh yes, and I forgot about this story. He was also like feeling he had let down his congregation. Oh yeah. It was too much. And it was, yeah, he had a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. and fled. And they didn't know where he was for three months. Yep. Like he had a nervous breakdown and ended up living in a campground. Mm-hmm. About five, six hours away yeah. from his home. They didn't know what had happened to him. Yep. They didn't know, they didn't know where he was. I mean, and they this, finally found him and got him help. But yeah. I can't imagine the pressure of thinking that you're in charge of all these people's salvation. Yes. That, yes. And that's what the church puts on these people. Yes. And these are heavy burdens. And these are not people who are trained to deal with it. Absolutely. That's the other thing. Right. I mean, there may be some training that they do for bishops. But no, I no, mean, no. Your bishop could be a plumber. He could be a, 
a, a sales clerk, a car salesman. He could be a, a doctor. They should not be trying to. He is not a therapist. Yes. They are not a They're not equipped to that. Yeah. Yes. It's just. And they're not getting paid to do that anyways. Right. So they shouldn't be anyways. But, you know, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The amount of time that they sacrifice. Absolutely. For everyone else. And yeah, it's just the whole system is set up for people to fail. Yes. And to feel like failures. Yeah. And that's why we need Jesus. Because we're failures. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is going to fix us all. <laughs> yeah, I love that saying. Jesus, fix it. Jesus. Or Jesus be offense. Jesus be offense. That's <laughs> our favorite. favorite. Did we learn that from Jen? Jen Hatmaker. Hatmaker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, love her. She's fantastic. Yes. Jesus Glennon be Doyle and Jen Hatmaker and Brene Brown. Yes. That's, those are my prophetess. First presidents. Yes, that's the first, first presidency. presidency. <laughs> our first presidency and prophets. Prophetesses. Prophetesses. They yeah. really have. They're really amazing. They're fantastic. Yeah. Love them. Okay. So we're starting our own cult. Of, um, right. Yeah. Well, isn't that interesting as we fall into these groups outside of the, like we've fallen into an ex-Mormon oh, yeah. kind of group. And I'm, so I'm very cautious. Yes, me too. <laughs> very cautious. Yeah. I need the support. Right. I appreciate it. But I also don't want to get too much toxicity. Yes. I don't want to fall back into another group. Yep. So. Or, or like behaving elitist, like right. we're better than everyone yes. else. And also like, you know, putting somebody because, as a leader on a pedestal. Because that, yes, because yeah. I'm seeing that has been happening in yes. some mm-hmm. areas. So yeah. I just. I think it's because it's so ingrained in us yes, to behave a certain so way. Easy that to it's to fall back into. It's totally easy to go back to those patterns and do the same thing all over again. Yep. But yeah. So yeah, I'm very conscious of it too. And especially as I've been reading this book, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, so number four, group will over individual will. The self must submit to group policy and leader's commands. In any destructive cult, thinking for oneself or, let's see, thinking of oneself or for oneself is wrong. Oh, 100%. Yep. The group comes first. Absolute obedience and loyalty to leaders is the most important thing. Individuality is bad. Conformity is good. Like at the temple, we're all dressed exactly the same. Yes. We're all in white. Like yes. And we all have the same, same name. <laughs> yeah. Just nobody knows that. Right. That's that secret. Just stick on. Yeah. On it. Isn't that so crazy? Like on any given day, you're in a session and every single woman around you has the same name. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Very not individuality. That's yes. not even a word, is it? Individuality? Yeah, that's okay. a word. Well. Yeah, but they say, so individuality is bad, conformity is good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. They learn to ignore their inner self and trust the external authority figure. We already brought this up, right? It's like, yeah. Cult leaders create extreme dependency. They assign impossibly high goals. (laughs) They tell members that if they are pure, they will succeed. They require them to confess their sins. Help me. To make them more pure. Strict obedience and modeling the leader. I, this part where they say strict obedience and modeling the leader, I seriously have seen this more with President Nelson than I have ever seen with any other prophet. He is very black and white. It is insane Mm -hmm. how much they talk about him and praise him Mm -hmm. and say do exactly what he does Mm -hmm. and and act exactly like him because he is perfect in every single way. I think he's a freaking narcissist. Absolutely. It's so bad. Yeah, I swear. He he gets 
everybody to give talks on him. And every quote they give is his quote. You know, he couldn't wait to be prophet. Right. Because yeah. he had things in his mind that needed to change. He had a whole plan. And he couldn't do it until he was prophet. Yep. Even his wife has said that, like changing the name of the church. Like we can't say Mormon because that's a win for the devil. Oh, yeah. And he he tried to bring that up clear back in the he 90s. He did. And got shot down. President Hinckley put him in his place. He, yes. President Hinckley did started the whole Mormon.org um, movement. Yeah. And then President Monson did the I'm a Mormon campaign. Yep. 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 Yeah. So. Yeah. And he was not, Nelson was not he was on board. not happy about no. that. No. So you, that, I mean, that was the first thing he did. Uh-huh. You can't say Mormon. Yep. It, it Mormon, is Mormon, Mormon, Mormon. It's a win for the devil. <laughs> uh, this is something that really stood out to me. It says, one reason why an outsider might think that cult members are weird is because they tend to have similar mannerisms, clothings, clothing, style, and modes of speech. Though they try to shape us to yeah. all be the, it, it's like a cookie cutter. Yes. When you walk into a chapel on Sunday... Everyone's wearing, you know, dresses, slacks, ties. Yes. And and I swear, they all shop at the same stores almost. Right. It, it gets to be really ridiculous, yes. right? Yes. Like, we all follow the same fashion trends, mm-hmm. and we all do the same thing. Like, I have so many clothes that I've thrown out because I've said, that looks Mormon. Yes. It, there is a Mormon look. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, especially look. in Utah. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, there are there are stores that, that advertise as modest clothing. Yep. Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. They're Where's all... the one that says immodest clothing? <laughs> I'm there for it. Immodest. That, we should, we should That's open a store. That's what we should do. Yes. We should open a store. Immodest for by only... Esther and Ada. Yes. <laughs> for only immodest clothing. We right. don't have anything modest Nothing in modest. Nope. Porn shoulders all, all the way. way. <laughs> I love it. Oh and gosh. also, the... The speech, the cadence, like every prophet, every high up leader in the church speaks exactly the same in general conference. Yes. And the women, can you stand the women? When they get up and talk, they sound like they're talking to a four-year-old and they're very like high pitched, very like. It's almost condescending. It's absolutely condescending. It's so weird. Yeah. Like, do they go to classes to learn how to talk like that? I think just over the years that. They've learned like, okay, this is how I should present it because this is how they've done it. Yeah. They've watched the other leaders do it. Or so maybe they have been then counseled to, this, this is, is the best way talk. to talk to these dumb people. <laughs> yes. Slow They're it dummies. down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Weird, huh? When I read that, I was like, whoa. So that's- It is true. That's a that's a real thing that's in a thing. as well. Yeah. Okay. Number five, happiness through good performance. One of the most attractive qualities of cult life is the sense of community it fosters. The love seems to be unconditional and unlimited, but more experience in the group shows that love is not unconditional and totally depends on good performance. Behaviors are controlled through rewards and punishments. Relationships are usually superficial within cults. Sharing deep personal feelings, especially negative ones, is highly discouraged. They have a sense of being persecuted by outsiders, so they often feel a deep sense of camaraderie and shared martyrdom. Yes. All of it. All of it, right? All of it. Every single word of that. It's crazy. I have definitely... There There are still people who love unconditionally. Sure. Absolutely. There's people... You can find that... Yes. Everywhere. Anywhere. But I have definitely seen the conditional love since leaving the church. Yes. Because there are people who I thought were really good friends who I haven't heard from. Yeah. You know? And well, they're protecting themselves. Yes. That's what I was taught is 
to, I got to, now I have to protect myself. Yeah. I'm scary. I don't want them to try to bring me over to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're Absolutely. dangerous now because the devil's in you. Yes. The devil's in me. <laughs> and it's, it's like a, it's like a, a virus. It yes. It spreads. That's that I was scared of that. Yeah. Growing up. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, yep. Every word of that one and the shared martyrdom, I just can't stand the, um, the, the, like, what, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they think they're being persecuted. Persecuted. Persecution complex. That's like, um, a, a key, like a key word you hear all throughout. Oh yeah. The LDS church. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it was so bad in the pioneer times. Mm-hmm. Those poor pioneers were so persecuted. Joseph Smith, so persecuted. Yes, martyr. He's such a martyr. No, none of that is yeah. true. Next one, number six, manipulation through fear and guilt. <laughs> not should sad. I, should I just not, not read the rest sad. of it? Yeah. Cult members live in a narrow corridor of fear, guilt, and shame. Problems are always their fault or the result of their weak faith, their lack of understanding, their evil spirits, and so forth. They constantly feel guilty for not meeting standards. The leader and the doctrine are always right, and they are wrong. They come to believe that evil is out to get them. Phobias are the ultimate fear weapon of mind control. There's always the devil lurking around the corner, waiting for members so it can tempt and seduce them. They instill fear in being around um, ex-Mormons because they might get infected, or the devil will mm-hmm. possess them, right? Which is right, what we absolutely. just said. We literally just said that. So yeah, the, the phobias... I think, for me, was the biggest thing that kept me believing. Like, specifically, what phobias? The fear of um, damnation. The fear of not being with my family Mm -hmm. after this life. The fear that my kids were going to go astray and that I would never be able to see them again. Well, and then the church teaches that that's your fault. Yeah, that it's my fault. Yeah. Absolutely. If your child goes astray, then you didn't do enough. Yeah. The fear, shame, and guilt is so real and impactful. Oh, yeah. And if if you're raised in it, like, and especially once you're a mother, you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. You're constantly feeling guilt that you're not doing enough. Do you think that is contributing to everyone's anxiety? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, put the COVID, the pandemic aside, Utah's been number one for antidepressants for decades. For decades. And anxiety meds. Depression and anxiety, they go hand in hand. And I'm, yes, yes. And I mean, it's one of the reasons I started Uh self-medicating. Because I felt so much guilt and shame about my my son's not doing what he should be doing, Uh you know, that I thought he was. He's not falling in line. Yeah. And so I have failed and my family will not be together forever. I mean, it was, I really, it was a serious thing. Uh I mean, enough to think I might as well just give up. Yeah. So thanks yeah. thanks for that. Thanks Which for is that. another thing that Utah is one of the very highest yes. in suicide rates. Yep. Um, especially among the youth. Yes. It's, it's really bad. I I just think the fear around failure of any kind, right? Yes. I also realized after we had our our episode about sex, um, or maybe during it as we're talking, I'm thinking I had so much fear built up around me about sex. Oh, absolutely. Absolute fear and shame. Mm-hmm. Like you were supposed to stay so far away from it. You weren't supposed to see it. You weren't supposed to experience it. You weren't supposed to act it out mm-hmm. or be any part of it. So right. even watching something 
I remember, you know, being afraid of watching something that was very sexual, like just in a movie. Right. Just, it's not like I was watching porn. porn. Yeah. And even if I was, who cares? But like, yeah. Oh, but like, that would have been I, the ultimate. That would have been way beyond where I was. <laughs> I was like PG-13 and there's right. a sex scene. Yeah. And you felt dirty and guilty, and right? Yeah, you felt dirty and guilty. Like you, you're gonna have to repent for that. Like, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So the fear, that's, that is the main manipulation is that's how they get Mm -hmm. you to, that's how they manipulate you to perform a certain way, to stay in line. And you can't do it without their help. Right. Like you need them. Yes. And that's, that's one of the, that's one of the, yeah, that's number nine. And I'll, we'll get to that. Okay. So number seven, we're on number seven, right? Emotional highs and lows. So being in a cult can be like a roller coaster of emotions. Members swing between the extreme happiness of experiencing the truth and feeling the spirit and then the crushing guilt and shame due to their inadequacies. It's never the group's fault, always the individual. If an individual raises objections, they are likely to get the silent treatment. Many longtime members burn out unless they receive regular reindoctrination, like church every Sunday, conference every six months, high spiritual experiences. Well, it's just repetitive for, you just learn the same thing over and over and over. And there's a reason they do that. Yes, that's absolutely a reason why they do that. And they want, so like they try to have people feel spiritual experiences so that they don't burn out from. Right. So, so they, but the Holy Ghost is not a thing. Yeah. I mean, that is a physiological thing that happens in everyone's bodies, especially if you're in a group, right? If you're in a group experiencing the same thing, Mm -hmm. you're all going to feel that. Elevated emotion. So the spirit is not special to just us, which I was always taught it was. Oh, yeah. Like, well, didn't you feel the spirit? Don't remember when you felt the spirit? Yeah. And we're continually taught that. And we're taught that we are the only ones that have the gift. Right. Well, you have to have that special blessing after you're baptized to get the gift of the the Holy Ghost. Now, some people might sometimes feel the spirit, but that's just a fluke. That's not. (laughs) Right. Well, they aren't given the gift. They can feel the spirit uh, if if maybe their heart's open and they're looking for the gospel or something. There's not always always with them. Right. It's you not their constant companion. No, it's not their constant companion. Yeah. So that's So why how- isn't the devil just like going to town with these people? <laughs> right. Like there should be massacres for all these non-Mormon people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, historically speaking, uh, Christians have caused more massacres than any group of people. That reminds me of what I was going to say. The, another thing in seminary that we learn is we are the... Only people that had an extermination order put out on them next to the Jews. I was seriously taught that. And I, I was like, oh, man, we are so special. <laughs> they compared us yeah, to, Holocaust, to victims. Holocaust victims. And that was taught in my seminary class. Poor us. And that made me feel like, oh, man, I, I'm special. This is a special group. Yeah. We're a special church. Yes. That really reinforced it. We really put the original leadership and and the, the, the earliest members of the church, the pioneers, on huge pedestals. Absolutely. We, are, we constantly have it drilled into us how much they sacrificed. Right. So that we could be here today. Yes. And so if we don't appreciate that, we are ungrateful, terrible humans. Yes. So we have to constantly be reminded, even... To the extreme of going on these stupid treks oh, the where everyone dresses like pioneers and pushes handcarts. 
What in the living hell I, is that? I missed that by like a couple yeah, of years. I, was I too, did too. I was older, but my my little sister went on it and she remembers having to kill a chicken and then what? defeather it. Like it was hardcore. No. And then the leaders would help them like butcher it. So that would be their dinner. She remembers plucking the feathers out of. Out of the Why? chicken. Why is that necessary? that's what the pioneers did. Why are we reliving like such a terrible because moment in time? Because they have to indoctrinate you. It is perfect too, isn't it? That is so sick and wrong. Oh, that is terrible. That's like the one thing she remembers. <laughs> yeah. And then I sent my poor daughter on one. And did she you? had a terrible time. Yes, did she went she? on one. Oh. Um, she was on her period if I, oh, I it no. was terrible and you know what she didn't want to go but she, I know she didn't want to go but I'm like this is going to be a great experience yeah. like you need to and it wasn't like she wishes she hadn't gone yeah I and I another guilt thing yes, for yes. like <laughs> yeah. why did I send her yeah now you feel bad I would have sent my kids if yes. they had had the opportunity I I don't remember I don't remember why but my kids either just just miss the age where they were going to go, and then by the time our ward went again, we were out or yeah. something. I can't remember. Because it's every four years. Yeah, right, right, right. So my kids never had, never went yeah. on trek. But Lucky. I even wanted to go. I wanted to go as a leader on yeah. trek. Crazy. You're just, yeah. you're so What's crazy. Yeah. So much. Okay. So this one, when I came to this I one, I... so much that there's not so much wrong with you. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to have to take some of this out because <laughs> you just let that go. There's nothing wrong with you. There was things wrong with us when we were in the church. There Anyways. was things wrong with us when we were in the church. Please continue. Okay. <laughs> that was just a snarky. Okay. So number eight. And this one, when I first started reading it, I was like, oh, maybe the church doesn't really do this. Maybe this isn't quite right. But keep listening. Just wait. Yes. So the, the title is Changes in Time Orientation. Cults tend to change people's relationship to their past. Oh, and this is what I was saying before, because we don't have a past. We were always in the church, right? right? Okay. Uh, But they also try to change their relationship with their present and future. In the present, they feel a great sense of urgency about the tasks at hand. Yes. Many groups teach that the apocalypse is just around the corner. (laughs) Yes. Food storage. Yep. They will teach members to prepare for the end of the world. So, (laughs) yes, totally. Some groups are trying to stop the end of the world coming, and others believe that they will survive it. So in the cult, the members believe that the future is a time when they will be rewarded or punished. Yes. So that's the thing that really stood out to me because I was like, you know, we give up whatever we give up, whatever trials we have, whatever happiness we don't have in this life. It's just a test. Mm -hmm. And if we can just make it to the next life, then we'll get all the things. You used used to be able to get your own planet. Yes. But they're pulling back on that now. They took that away from us. I was like really counting on that. I was really counting on that too. I had all kinds of plans for when I was going to be a god and I was going to create yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. The way it was supposed to. You go. To be. Yeah. But I'm not sure you can do that anymore. They've kind of revoked that. Yep. The leader claims to either control or have unique knowledge of the future. That's yes, true. Yes. 100%. And they paint pictures of future heaven and hell that will manipulate members to do what they want. So we were talking, my husband and I were talking about this last night. And just how sad I feel for members of the church who are gay, who fully believe yes. that they are supposed to live celibate lives and that after this life, they will be rewarded. They will be 
turned straight, right, they will be made whole. They will be made whole. Oh, I can't. God. I just can't. Even, I just can't. And that they will have love someday. Yeah. So just that. Deny and- yourself a happy life. Mm-hmm. Sharing your life with someone. You're you're not allowed to do that. You can't have kids. Yep. That's not going to happen. Yep. If you're a faithful member. If you're a faithful member. Either that or you, or you do marry the opposite sex to do right. the right thing, right? Yes, and that, that happens. And that blows up in their face. Well, and oh, can you imagine the spouse of the person who's... It's just terrible. Yeah. And it is Many terrible. times they have children and they try, oh, yeah. try, try, but... I can't imagine. There are children in the middle of this disastrous mm-hmm. mess. And I was I was telling my husband last night, like, what if? Because I, I don't know what I believe about after this life. I just, I don't know right. what's coming. Right? Kind of up in the air. But imagine that there is consciousness after mm-hmm. this life and you die and you're this person who gave up your whole life because you were gay and, and you you stayed with the church, right? You chose you the church over your own self right. your whole life. You die and then that realization that none of it was real. Yeah. Depressing. Can you imagine? So depressing. That's, that's the weeping and wailing and gnashing mm-hmm. of teeth right there that they talk about in hell. That's actual literal hell. Yes. Is realizing I gave up everything. I gave up my you entire wasted life. your one life, my here. one precious life, and now what? And the and the church is asking them to do this in the name of God. Mm-hmm. They're saying this is a trial; mm-hmm. it's going to be a lifelong trial. I mean, they used to, you know, go to special therapist. Oh yeah, that used to be a thing. Oh yeah, to, to ungay you. Uh huh. To and you know, pr- you could pray the gay away. Like mm-hmm. this is your trial. Yep. And and. And if you overcome it, you'll be rewarded in another life. Uh-huh. It's in, in the name of God. Yep. It's terrible. And then what if there's no other life? Right. Like we have no guarantee of anything. So these people, and and from what I have seen, most people do not last. The, the people who, do you remember the Mormon, Mormon and Gay? Was that the website? Mormonandgay.org? I think so. Yes. And they used to have all these stories about people who were gay and living celibate lives on the Mormon church. And they were so happy. And one by one, every single one of those people dropped off the face of the earth and went to live their authentic lives. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And I can't imagine the weight lifted off of them. Oh, yeah. I just can't imagine. Just just go and be happy. Just live your life. Find someone to share your life with. Mm -hmm. I mean, have a family. It doesn't have to look one certain way, but the church says it does. Yep. Church says it has to look exactly like a stick figure family, right? Uh-huh. Dad, mom, little children, uh-huh. maybe a puppy dog, <laughs> but that's it. That's yeah. the parameters you have. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very prescribed. That's what God said. Yeah. One man and one woman, which is what it says in the family proclamation. And I find it very ironic because polygamy was a thing. I know, right? And, and it still is a thing. They're really trying. They've been trying for so long to bury that. Like, yeah. they can't get away from but, it. But even even our dear, dearest Rusty, <laughs> Prophet Nelson, Aww. has two wives. In heaven, he will have right. two wives. Yes. He is sealed to two women. Yes. So, in heaven. In theory. Well, in the Mormon church, he is. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's okay. And so is Oaks. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But, but I love how in the family proclamation it says one man and one woman. And yes. That's how marriage is supposed to be. And, but then you, we're finding out all this stuff about Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. 
having multiple, multiple wives. Some were already married to other men. Some were children. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm 14-year-olds are not able to give consent to marriage. Give me a break. They try to bury that, too. And, and, And people try to justify that as, you know, being legal. Right. Sorry, well, but was, legal is not always ethical or moral. It was part of the, t- the time. Yeah, it was, bullshit. you have to put your, I'm like, stop trying to justify this. He was, he was like 37 years old. It's, it's gross. If, if a 14 year old ever got married at that time, they would have married another 14 year old. Absolutely. Or 16 year old or something close. I mean, the pressure they must have felt when Joseph Smith came to him and said, God, God said. Right. Because there was a power dynamic. Yes. There was, he was. And bad things know. will happen if this, if we don't, you know, oh, yeah. if we don't get married. And I'm the prophet and you have right. to listen to me. You have to do what yeah. I say. God said. Yeah. Patriarchy at its best. At its best. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So the very last one, we'll get to that. Let's see. Number nine. In a cult, there is never a legitimate reason for leaving. <laughs> Members are told that the only. That's the best one. I know, right? <laughs> Members are told that the only reasons that people leave are because they were weak, they went insane. Oh, ins- I like that. Yeah, yes. insanity. They fell to temptation, they're too prideful, they were sinning, and so on. Members are thoroughly indoctrinated to believe that if they ever do leave, terrible consequences will befall them, their family and humanity. Um, the belief that there is no way to leave and still be fulfilled is at the heart of it. 100%. There is, I mean, and they are really coming down hard on this lately, right? Yes. Because so many people are leaving. Yes. It's just, they're bleeding out members right yep. now. And and to quote Brad Wilcox, you will lose everything. everything. Yes. So, I mean, and there is not a general conference that goes by where they do not Talk about this. They know it. They call us lazy learners and yes. lax disciples yes. that lacked the faith to... Didn't even have a particle of faith. Yes. Yep. We lacked the faith to stay. It's just... It's insane. And what does that do to the members who hear it, who have family members that have left? Exactly. It creates a wedge. Like a year and a half ago, my mom sent me a, a private message of an article... Uh, about church and it was about a child who'd gone astray or a teenager who'd gone astray and then came back to the church and I it was a breaking point for me I'm like I don't I'm not gonna read this my son is perfectly fine mm-hmm. he's doing great he's got it figured out I'm not one bit worried about him and she said oh I shouldn't have she then replied I shouldn't have sent that but I thought it would be helpful. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about, I don't care what the church thinks. Yeah. I don't want, I don't think he should come back. Yeah. I mean, this was before I, I hadn't really said anything. And you she was, hadn't left. She but. said, that makes me so sad. Yeah. I had made her sad yeah. because I didn't think my son needed to be in the church. He was happier without it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I had just made her so sad. Yeah. So I've had, my mom has multiple times talked about people who've left the church mm-hmm. and she feels absolute pity for them. She yes. feels so sorry for oh them. And I, that, I mean, towards the end when my faith was falling apart, I was hearing her say those things and just be like, but mom, how you have no idea Absolutely. what's happening in their life. Yes, how I, can you say they're sad or their life is miserable? Yeah. We used to have be at family dinner and mom or sisters or someone would bring up someone that we knew that had just left the church and Mm -hmm. and it was always with a sense of pity and Uh shame on them Mm -hmm. and that's too bad yep 
They just lost all yes. their things. So I knew exactly what my mom would feel. Absolutely. Because yep. I'd heard it come out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. And because you'd been taught it too. Absolutely. Like yes. we know what people I are know thinking what people about think. us. Yes. Because we've thought the things about yes. other people. Like when people took off their garments and oh. I noticed, I would judge. Oh. I mean, anything. If, yeah. All yeah, the you'd things. be like, why aren't they wearing their garments? Right. Yep. Hmm. That's like that's any of my business. I know, right? What underwear they have? What underwear people? <laughs> but that's what we're we are trained to notice. We are that. trained to yes, we're trained to notice that. Yeah, it's so it's it's so bad. And you know the behavioral part of the church, like they control what underwear we wear. Mm-hmm. They control like what we're allowed to see and read and listen to. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. And when we can have sex and yes. with whom? Mm-hmm. We can't have sex till we're married. Right. And then you can only have sex with your spouse from then on for the rest of eternity. Like <laughs> eternity's a long time. <laughs> eternity's a long freaking time. So yeah. I mean, it, that's part of the behavior. I mean, can you think too? of something worse growing up than hearing about someone who had sex and maybe they got pregnant, like teenagers or whatever? Oh, yeah. I remember growing up and you'd you'd hear about it every once in a while and it was like horrifying yeah like oh i can't even imagine it would be the worst thing Mm -hmm. when i was growing up well yeah because that's a sin next to murder yes you might as well have just murdered right yes you had sex you're done you're done and (laughs) game over i I was actually talking to a friend the other day who's still in the church but she's pretty nuanced she's i feel like she's she's pretty open-minded maybe one foot out no no she doesn't have one foot out she, de- she definitely Just does not have one foot out, but she's fairly open-minded. But what I recognize is that phobia and fear is still in her deeply mm-hmm. because she found out that her daughter was having sex. Mm-hmm. Her 18-year-old daughter <laughs> is having sex and she found out and, you know, like she didn't, she didn't shame her necessarily. She didn't freak out like some parents would, but it was like, you're going to get pregnant. Right. And, or... Mine was, you're going to get pregnant or an STD or and an then STD. you'll die. Yes. 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 Yeah. And, and I said, but there are, you get her on a birth control, get her in a freaking IUD. And she's like, but those aren't a hundred percent. The only way you can a hundred percent. And I'm like, give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> exactly. She goes, you know how many people I know that have gotten pregnant on the pill or, you know, uh, with an IUD. And I'm like, yeah, but dude. It's her fear speaking. Yes. Her fear just totally. Her, her fear lives in the 1% chance. Yes. On the 1% birth chance. birth control will fail. Yeah. And so instead of, instead of taking her daughter to get an IUD, she's convincing her daughter that she needs to stop having sex. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to say to her, your daughter is not going to stop having sex. That ship has sailed. It has sailed <laughs> so long ago. Also, you're dumb that you didn't know your daughter was having sex because right. I knew that a year ago. <laughs> so be proactive. Like you're so naive. Take some steps to help your daughter, you know, protect yeah. yourself from unplanned pregnancy. If Yeah. I mean. You can only do what you can do, but right. at least do that. Yes. Or you can just sit there and be scared. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like That, that blows, doesn't work at all. It blows my mind. Yeah. I was like, how can you be so naive? You're hundred percent. She's she's just like dwelling in the the fear in the of fear. it. Yeah, the fear of it. And and I don't want to take her to get an IUD because then that's giving her permission. Oh well, guess gosh. what? She doesn't need your fucking right. permission. She's going to do she's it. She's going to do either it either way. So protect her. Yep. 
It's there's so many different options. Yeah. It's dumb not to. It's dumb not to. So yeah. Yeah. So things like that just like blow my mind. Like, okay, I thought you were pretty open-minded and I thought you were a smart person, but like you have bought into this fear tactic. Yes, she's stuck. She's stuck in that fear. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to stop. Deep. Deep. She's stuck deep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just And I'm sure there's other things that we we hang on to that even if you're nuanced. I'm sure there's things yeah. that you oh yeah. you hold on to. I tried to hold on tight to a few things when I was leaving. I just mm. wasn't ready to let it all go. Like yes. families forever. And yes. I mean, is that true? Is it? I just, I mean, there are some things I just really wanted to yeah. hold on to, but it, I just, you just have to let it go mm-hmm. and, and see where the pieces fall. Yeah. Well, because those are the things that feel good. Right. You want to feel good. Yes. Yeah. Well, another, that's how the church also is like, you can be with us. Yeah. You do the things we say and you're going to be with your family forever. You're going to live in a beautiful heaven and we have. The rewards are going to be amazing. Right. We have everything you need. So Mm -hmm. come on in. The water's, the water's nice. But if heaven looks like it did in the temple video. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) That sucked. Desert much? Maybe a Garden of Eden, but yeah, the Garden but when of Eden they go nice. out and live, it's yeah, like there was like. Do you remember? It was just like it was like cold tile floor with like these big white oh, pillars. Yes. Oh yes, up remember? in heaven. Yeah, yes, heaven. yes. And and God was just in this white robe with yeah. white hair, and it's like, is this how it, this is that is heaven. what heaven it's looks very like? Very sparse. You guys don't have any chairs. There's <laughs> nowhere you, to sit. Do you, don't you need to sit? Don't you want to? Or are you going to lay down? You guys not having sex up here? Like, no, what's happening? Apparently not. You know, I've heard it that doesn't look you fun. can only have sex if you make it to the celestial kingdom. If you don't make it to the celestial right, kingdom. Right, because they, you don't have the parts, you right? You don't have the parts anymore. Right. <laughs> like, we're, that's, I've heard that too. But that contradicts the idea that we're going to be resurrected and not a hair of our head will be lost. Well. And that's you'll, for everybody. You'll have your hair. You just won't have <laughs> any fun. <laughs> That's just the dumbest thing. Anyways, that's off on another tangent. So I think I think that one of the reasons why the church doesn't seem, I mean, there, there's so many ways that they're kind of like insidious and sneaky about some of these cult tactics. Mm-hmm. They don't seem like obviously right. culty. Well, that's how did they become such a hundred billion yeah. dollar right. corporation? Right. Because when I, when I think of cults, I think of, you know, beatings and right. you know starving people right. and killing people yes. i think of branding people yes. right you think of all these really horrific extreme things. you go to the extreme places yeah but here's the thing the reason why the church is such a successful cult is because they're a little bit like toned down about right. it like they're not so obvious they're not turning the heat up high no no they're just letting it simmer a little bit yeah so it's less just obvious just enough Mm-hmm. Just enough to keep members in. Yep. But yeah, not so they, yeah, you could totally deny this is not a cult. Yeah. We're not a but, cult. But when you read these things, this person who wrote this, that I, all this stuff I just read, he was not a Mormon. Yeah. Like, it's not like I wrote this saying this is what the church does that's culty. No, this is somebody who was part of a totally different cult and and studies cults, and these are all the things that cults do. And it yeah. sounds like I just read, like, our entire life story. I know. I know. I could relate to all of them. Every single thing. So what would happen? What do you think would happen if you went to your mom or your your sister that's active mm-hmm. and said, hey, would you read this and give them the, the bite model? Give them yeah. the things you just read to us. I know. How? What would happen? 
Would they I, think it's anti-Mormon literature? I think that they would not want to read it. But I if don't know. but if they did, they do you think they'd just justify the hell out of it? They might be able to justify the hell out of it for a minute, but if they actually read all of that stuff, mm-hmm. there's no way. Yeah, I wonder what would happen. What what do you think your family members would do? Oh, uh, I don't know. I I don't think it would be received well. I think yeah. it would be considered anti-Mormon yeah. literature. Yeah. But then it's like, well, this guy's not a Mormon. But he's it, not talking about the Mormon right. church. Right. It's like He's an expert on cults. So are you afraid that you're in a cult? Because why wouldn't you read this unless you're afraid? Right. Yes. I don't know. Well, that's that's the problem, right? They're going to recognize that some of these things. And that's going to make them feel icky. And it's going to make them feel icky. Yeah. And what do you do with that? Like, is yeah. that when the cognitive dissonance sets in real good? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And then they stop reading it. Because, you know, I think, right. I can't remember if I told you how my mom... My mom started reading the CES letter. Oh, I and did she not said know that. It made her feel icky. Oh, she got it. It felt very negative. Right. It was too negative, so she stopped reading. Okay, it. sure. So, well, it's not all happiness and sunshine, and yeah, yeah. If if you really look at all of the, the truth, is just yeah. sometimes it hurts. Yeah, sometimes it's painful. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And this would make people uncomfortable. Yeah. It would make active members uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's from an expert. It's just what it is. Yeah. So I don't know how you can deny saying the church is maybe a little bit culty. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. I, th- that should be our title of the episode. A, a little, little bit, bit culty. culty or a whole bunch culty. Or the whole church bunch. is really, it is. I mean, yeah. we have a special building that you can only get into if you're a member, if you have a special card. Membership and card. You can you only, have to yeah. follow all the rules. You can only go to the temple I mean, if you are worthy. Right. And, and we talked about the temple last time yes. and the weird Freaking all the chanting stuff. and yes. stuff in the temple. Oh. I mean, that's the cultiest part of all of it. And that's not even listed in the shit right. he's got in this book. <laughs> but chanting has to be like yeah. praying over an altar with people where you're chanting a prayer is. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I just don't. I just can't. Yeah. But when you've had all these other mind control tactics worked on you your whole life, when you get to the chanting part, you're like, oh, that's weird. But this is true. It's, it's true. God, yeah. It's this fine. is what God wants us fine. to do. I want to. Please God, and so I'm going to do this weirdness. It's, it's the milk before meat thing. Like we're just going to give you little tidbits, and we're going to keep it very basic and infantile your mm-hmm. whole life. You're too dumb to get it all. You're too dumb to get it all. So that's why, and that's how they excuse like not telling us the truth right. about Joseph Smith and all the first vision accounts and Joseph Smith's polygamy and you know just all the issues we, in the we church. We can't know it all now. You'll yeah. know it in the next life. You'll you'll know it when you die. You'll get the you'll get all of the information you need. So just yeah. don't worry. Yeah. Just do what we say. Yeah. And you'll be saved. Right. It's terrible. It's terrible. So anyways, yeah. So that's all of the um mind blowing, you know, cult themes. I just can't imagine the book. reading through that and not recognizing so many yeah. parts of the church. Mm-hmm. You know what's that. funny is um, before I lost my faith, I was watching the Scientology. Yes, with um, Leah Remini. Yeah, the Leah Remini yes. Scientology thing. And I would see little things that I would be like, oh, that's kind of like the church a little bit. Mm-hmm. But but I would also really justify it and be like, oh, they're crazy. Right. They they're are, extreme. They're an extreme cult. And I didn't. I, I really pushed away the ways that we were similar. Mm-hmm. And then they did an episode on with Jehovah's Witnesses. Yep. That freaked me yeah. out. 
we are just like Jehovah's yes, Witnesses. Yes, we are. We are so much like them. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they're a little bit more extreme than us. Right. We're milder. We're tamer. Right. We still we still celebrate holidays, holidays. And we have windows on our buildings. I know. Whatever they, that's They are about. a little bit more extreme in some areas. Yeah, in some areas. But And I think the church is even more trying to dumb down their doctrine, mm-hmm. trying to make it more mainstream mm-hmm. and less culty. They I really are. I think you're are. right. Yes. Because well, they have to. people are recognizing yes, it. Yes. I mean, they've got no other choice. Yeah. They, they've got to try to save face here for mm-hmm. everything you can find on the internet. It's so bad. So yeah, if I had the opportunity to try and share some of this information with a loved one or friend to show them, like, I really do still have the desire to try and fix it. I know. To try to help other people get out. Right. So I don't know if that will ever happen or if I can ever get to that But you have. Maybe not your family, but you have helped. Like, we both have people that will reach out to us privately. That's true. And say, hey, yeah. are you are you out of the church? Are you in the church? Yeah. I had a, a friend reach out, ask for wine recommendations. Oh, yeah. Recommendations. Yes. Yeah. So I And thought, you know all the good wine. Well, I've been, I've been learning. Yeah. I'm a little I, I have some knowledge of wine, so I shared it with her and Yeah. And see I you love bet. that. I'm I'm a helper, man. <laughs> I did I did help my sister get out. I helped my sister yes. get out. So that's I'm very happy yes, about that. Yes, you did. And See? we're helping our kids get out. Yes. We're, we helped our kids get out. So at least there's that. And between us, we yeah. have a lot of kids. Yes. And so I'm hoping that they will be able to stay out. Yeah. The next generation. <laughs> right. Like it ends with us. It ends with us. That's Isn't what, that so that's what the hope is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I do. There are a few people in my life that I really want them to know the truth. Mm-hmm. I really do. It's hard for me. Yeah. It's hard to hold my tongue. Yes. It's hard to not tell them what I know. Mm -hmm. And I feel sad for, I think, eventually they'll find out and they'll be like, why didn't you tell me? Yes, maybe. But also they have to figure it out on their own time. It's true. I mean, think of where you were at. Mm -hmm. You were very, very invested in the church. Yep. Super strong testimony. Yep. You did all the things. If If somebody had shared all of the truth with me when I was not ready... Oh, I would have shut that shit it's down anti-Mormon. so fast. I, and is there anything scarier than reading anti-Mormon literature? Nope, nope. <laughs> I would have, I would have rejected it wholly. It's not so, anti-Mormon. It's just truth. truth. Yeah, it's absolutely. truth that you don't that they don't like. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Right, uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. So yeah, maybe someday we'll get to that point where we. Where we, you know, our fa- all our family members will figure it out. I but think I don't the know. best thing we can do is just live happy amazing lives lives and show them that we're not yeah we're not falling apart Mm -hmm. you know life is not terrible Mm -hmm. like we're not just surviving but we're like thriving like we are happier than i i am yeah i'm at least absolutely i'm just at ease and at peace Peace. that i don't have to try to hit all of these goals that i just that were unattainable yeah. I can just be me and enjoy my family and my life. Mm-hmm. And there I love sleeping in on Sunday. Oh. Second Sunday is the best. Second Saturday. Second Saturday, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. That's the best. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I, I feel the same way. Yeah. And I think, yeah, when when people recognize that, oh, they didn't fall apart and they're just fine and they're still good people. Right. Like that was another thing that somebody told me recently is like, if you don't believe in God, you have no morals. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have morals if you aren't religious in some way. And it's like, that's such that's, bullshit. That's, that's what dumb. the religion wants to make you yeah. think. 
so that you'll stay in right. because you can't have you can't make good decisions or be morally well how are you going to do good? that without the spirit yeah exactly how are you even going to live your life and know what choices to make it's like um, cuz you can't count on yourself cuz yeah. we're just too dumb but the spirit will help you. That's actually been a really empowering idea to realize the goodness was in me all along. Mm-hmm. That those feelings, the 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 things that I do that are good, that comes from me. You are That's capable of making good choices all by your own self. Yeah. And you're still a, can be a loving, kind, giving person. Mhm. I just I didn't need somebody else to tell me. Yeah, no one what's right and wrong. Right. Yeah. So, anyways. Okay, we've gone on long enough, I think. This was a really long episode. Was it? Mm-hmm. But that's uh, good stuff though. That's good stuff. We had <laughs> we had a lot of material. So our next episode is um, we're gonna be talking about the LGBTQ stuff. And there's a lot, 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 lot. To talk about with yeah, that, that's um, going to be. I want to get into it. Good. I want to yeah. get into the nitty gritty of all of that. But if you are enjoying our content, if you like listening to this series and you want to support us, we would love it if you go to dissidentdaughters.org and in the menu bar, there's an option to donate. You can sign up for a recurring donation of even just five bucks a month. That would be amazing. You can also donate at mormondiscussionspodcast.org. And you can um, select which podcast under their umbrella that you want to donate mm-hmm. to. And, and we're listed there. So uh, we would love that support and, and help if you um, are liking what we're doing. Yeah. Also, uh, leave us a comment or a, you know, send us a message. You can you can leave comments on our uh, website with our episodes or on our, all our episodes are going to be up on YouTube. Um, well, there already are. Uh, we've been putting them up there. What else? We Well, we love feedback. Yeah. Love to hear what you think. If yeah, there's something gonna... you want to hear about, just address it to Ada and Esther. Yes. Yep. Dissident Daughters, man. Dissident Daughters. We're here for it. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Okay. Awesome. See you next time. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.